Pope John Paul II held the position as Supreme Pontiff of the Catholic Church for about a quarter century. Due to that long duration of his papacy, his warm personality, and his proclivity for making many global trips, he was a very well-known figure. And many people may remember that on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, May 13th of 1981, Pope John Paul II was greeted by a crowd of 10,000 pilgrims in St. Peter's Square at the Vatican when an assassination attempt was made on his life. But what is not as well known is that a second assassination attempt was made on the life of Pope John Paul II just one year later. I'm Scott Schulze, and in this episode of Catholic History Trek, I'll be making a trek to Fatima to look at this lesser-known second assassination attempt on the life of Pope John Paul II. The dogma lives loudly within you. But I feel that the greatest destroyer of peace today is abortion. Make one thing certain. Let you keep always close to God. You've embarked on a Catholic history trek. As I mentioned a few moments ago, on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima in 1981, an assassination attempt was made on the life of Pope John Paul II. Mehmet Ali Agka shot at the Pope at close range with a Browning High Power, which is a model 9mm semi-automatic handgun. Four shots struck the Pope before the would-be assassin was taken down by Vatican security. After recovering from the attack, the Pope famously said, One hand pulled the trigger, another guided the bullet. This was in reference to his belief that Our Lady of Fatima interceded on his behalf, saving his life. This is because the attack took place on May 13th, which is the anniversary of the Blessed Virgin Mary's first appearance to the three shepherd children at the COVID area in Portugal in 1917. The following year, in May of 1982, Pope John Paul II made a pilgrimage to Fatima, Portugal, to thank the Blessed Virgin on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. During this trip, the Pope brought one of the bullets and had it placed in the crown of the statue of Our Lady of Fatima. He arrived at Fatima on May 12th and was met by a crowd of hundreds of thousands of pilgrims. When he knelt at the steps of the basilica, a man dressed in a priest's cassock emerged from the crowd and lunged at the Pope from behind, apparently shouting, Down with the Pope! Down with Vatican II! The man was apprehended by security without much resistance. The Pope blessed the man and continued on his way. It was initially reported that the Pope was not injured in the incident, although his closest observers noticed that his customary buoyancy and spontaneity had diminished immediately afterwards. The following day, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, the Pope made a consecration of the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The consecration was, I guess, a sort of consecration of Russia, which had been requested by Our Lady of Fatima to the three shepherd children, Lucia, Jacinta, and Francesco, about 65 years earlier. Technically, Russia is part of the world, but was not specifically named in the consecration. It would be another 40 years when a papal consecration actually included Russia in the name, which would be the recent one, performed by Pope Francis on March 25th of 2022. Pope John Paul II's visit to Fatima and the consecration of the world were the big news, and the incident with the man who lunged at him quickly disappeared from memory. But if years after the Pope's death in 2005, 
his former secretary and friend of 40 years, Cardinal Stanislaw Zivitz, revealed some aspects of the Pope's life in his 2008 book, A Life with Carol, and in a 2008 documentary film titled Testimony, which was based on the memoirs of Zivitz. In the documentary, Zivitz, who is named Archbishop of Krakow, Poland after the Pope's death, revealed that the Pope was injured in the attack, but continued his visit to Fatima without disclosing the injury, keeping it secret. It was a secret that would last for nearly a quarter century, until, Zivitz admitted, I can now reveal that the Holy Father was wounded. When we got back to the room, there was blood. Just one year removed from the March 13th assassination attempt in 1981, the Pope survived another assassination attempt on March 12th of 1982. The would-be assassin was a 33-year-old Spanish priest named Juan Maria Fernandez Crone. Crone lunged at the Pope with a 16-inch long bayonet from a World War I Mauser rifle. The attack inflicted a wound, cutting the Pope. But, fortunately for the Pope, it was a second assassination attempt, which failed to inflict a fatal wound. So, who was Father Crone, and why did he try to kill Pope John Paul II? Crone was born in Madrid, Spain in the year 1948. When he was in college, he became a political activist in a Spanish student group who opposed the dictatorial regime of Francisco Franco. After college, he apparently grew interested in anti-communism and Marian apparitions, and in 1978, he was ordained as a Catholic priest. He had joined the SSPX and was assigned to a pair of SSPX congregations in France. To put this ordination into the SSPX timeline, 1978 was a full decade before Archbishop Marcel Lefebvre consecrated four bishops, which then placed the SSPX into what some have called an irregular canonical status with Rome. Crone's time in the SSPX would only last one year. By 1979, he was expelled for having shown signs of mental instability and for criticizing Archbishop Lefebvre for being too weak and opposing the new pope's alleged embrace of modernism. A year later, Crone became a priest in a Sedevacantist group. The term Sedevacantist comes from the Latin words sede vacante, meaning the seat is empty. In Catholicism, it refers to the seat of Peter, or the papacy. So it's a period when there is no pope. Typically, the sede vacante period is the interregnum after a pope dies and before the next pope is elected. The vacant seat usually lasts a few days or a few weeks. For example, after Pope John Paul II died, there was a 17-day sede vacante until Pope Benedict XVI was elected. But in the case of a set of vacantist group, they aren't talking about the small window between popes. Rather, they adhere to the belief that the current reigning pope is not the legitimate pope. And thus, there is a sede vacante, or vacant seat, because, in their opinion, there is no pope. Most set of vacantist groups hold that all the popes since the Second Vatican Council are invalid. Thus, Crone's shout of, down with the pope, down with Vatican II, would illustrate this rejection of both the council and the post-conciliar pope. Although I'm pretty sure most set of vacantist groups don't advocate assassinating the papal claimant, which Crone attempted to do a couple years after joining them. After his arrest and during the trial, Crone said he was opposed to the reforms of Vatican II and he intended to kill the pope, in his words, in legitimate defense of the Virgin Mary. He also claimed that Pope John Paul II had been in league with the Soviet Union and even was a secret communist agent trying to infiltrate the Vatican. 
Krohn also claimed the Pope had collaborated with Polish authorities in stamping out the Solidarity Trade Union in Poland. That last claim is of particular interest since the founder of Solidarity, Lech Walesa, essentially said the opposite, that the Solidarity movement would not have been possible without Pope John Paul II. Regardless, Krohn declared that he was not crazy and he did not regret his act. His assassination attempt, which had been half a year in the planning, was, as he claimed, a sacrifice for the salvation of the church and Spain. The Portuguese civil court convicted him of attempted homicide and possession of a concealed illegal weapon and sentenced Krohn to six and a half years in prison. He was also sentenced an additional seven months for contempt of court, which I think stemmed from an incident when he reportedly unfurled a poster of Pope John Paul II with a communist hammer and sickle, and then attempted to set the poster on fire with a cigarette lighter in the courtroom. After spending half of his sentence in a Lisbon prison, Krohn was released in 1985 and deported from the country. In addition to his conviction and sentence in the Portuguese court, as a member of the Catholic Church, per the Code of Canon Law, he also incurred another penalty, that of late sententiae excommunication for assaulting the Pope. This is when one is automatically excommunicated by the act itself without need of formal proceedings. After being expelled from Portugal, Crone then went to Belgium, abandoned the priesthood, got married, and became a lawyer. But he did not settle down, as it were. Far from it. In 1996, he was charged with an arson in Brussels of the Harry Batsuna office, which was a left-wing political organization which supported Basque independence in Spain. And in 2000, he was arrested and spent time in prison for breaching security and approaching Spain's king, Juan Carlos I. After two failed assassination attempts, Pope John Paul II went on to reign as Pope for another 23 years until his death in 2005. And Kevin and I have a future episode which will cover much more about Pope John Paul II and his papacy. The Pope's motto was the Latin phrase totus tuus, which means all yours. It can be found in paragraph 233 of St. Louis de Montfort's treatise on true devotion to the Blessed Virgin. It comes from the line, totus tuus ego sum et omnia mea tua sunt, which is translated to English as, I am all yours and all I have is yours. So I decided to end this episode with a prayer, which uses the form of the word tuus. The prayer is called the subtuum, and is an ancient prayer seeking Mary's intercession. Subtuum praesidium confugimus sancta dei genetrix, nostras de precaciones ne despicias in necessitatibus, sed a pricilis cunctis libro nos semper, verga gloriosa et benedicta. Amen. Thank you for listening to Catholic History Trek. You can reach us at catholichistorytrek at gmail.com. <laughs>